You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Uh-huh. I just feel like I've been around the block, ripping up fantasy stock, working around the clock. Look at the view from the top. Researching rookies a lot? No, I just be listening to pods. Yeah, one in particular. I'm just a messenger. Let me just pass on the rock. Browning, running, bruning, pronouncing ain't what he's doing. What he's doing is not losing, but infusing you with new things. And there's Dennis the Bennett. Yeah. The man is a menace, yeah. Building a dynasty, some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Mm. Sly as a fox, cultured in pop. Give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box. And you cannot compare him at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire. I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Yeah. Fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Woo. Fantasy round table come take a look at the crown baby go what is going on everybody welcome to another episode of the fantasy football round table podcast it is friday december 31st we are almost to 2022 we are brought to you guys by the pigskin podcast network which you can find at pigskin podnet on twitter or you can search the hashtag t PPN. We'll tag that as we go live, as do all the other great podcasts that are part of this network. Uh, they've got football, hockey, baseball, soccer, wrestling. Got it all. Check it out for all of your needs. Gentlemen, how are you guys doing on this amazing New Year's Eve? Yeah, yeah, that's right. I'm doing fantastic. Uh, my wife had to go to the Rose Bowl, so I'm in another one of those situations. She uh, she wasn't supposed to go. Um, they didn't sell enough tickets on the alumni tour. So she was like the fifth or sixth host. So they only sent like four. Well, Wednesday morning at eight o'clock, she gets a call from the person who is like in charge of the board of trustees at Ohio State and her entire staff came down with COVID. So my wife stepped in. And now she's out in L.A. getting ready to go to the Rose Bowl tomorrow. And I'm at home with my two fabulous kids. I guess I don't have to say that. They're one's at work and one's asleep. So These are the assignments that you need to try to get yourself put on. You know, be like, hey, I'll be there. Emotional, physical support, just present with you throughout the whole day. Anything you need. Well, my son, if my oldest was a year older, 
I might have been able to pull it off. But hey, there's uh, I mean plenty, live, plenty of Rose Bowls in, in Ohio State's future. Let's hope. Let's hope. No, I've got um interestingly enough, you say that that uh that Jackie is lucky enough to get to go do that. Uh one of my good friends that I've known for oof, almost two decades now is actually he works with ESPN now. He is one of the uh main cameramen for the SVP show. He is doing the Rose Bowl coverage for ESPN, so he is there as well. So I'm excited for him. He's a big college football fan as well. So it, and that's it's going to be a great scene. Rose Bowl always is, and having Ohio State Utah thing is going to be a great game. So well, it's going to be that's fun for them. Is, you know, much like him, she's working, so she's working yeah. 14, 15 hours a day. It isn't like she's just hanging out, seeing LA, and going to the game. So. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, he posted earlier, he sent me a message, I guess, cause they got in yesterday and they were doing a bunch of, I guess, like pre shot stuff. And I don't really know how TV stuff works, but he was trying to explain it to me and he was explaining that it was like 50 degrees and like pouring rain. Yeah. yeah and they were having good. to do all this stuff and setting up. And I was like, well, I, I'm pretty sure the weather's going to be fine in a couple of days and you'll at least get to somewhat enjoy. I guess, it's probably a little bit different for him. Cause while he's working, he's still like filming the game. So he still gets to watch it. Where I don't know, you know, if she's got to be doing different stuff and and all that other stuff. It's still well, probably got to be a great experience. How she described her arrival in L.A., she said, "You know, it's like we just flew around Columbus for five hours and then landed back in town. That's what the weather was like." Well, at least somebody's getting sunshine. We're we have it's been weird because Colorado has not recorded. We had snow, obviously. Back in the spring, I think our last snow was in May, but we have not actually had a measurable snowfall in the fall. It's supposed to be coming in off the mountain tonight. Hopefully it puts those fires out. That was was tough. I'm in Colorado Springs a little bit further. Those are a little bit north of Denver by Boulder, but we have been getting raked for the last week by – Nothing but high wind warning last night. I actually dropped down to sleep in the basement for a while because my entire house was vibrating and I didn't want to lay up there trying to go to sleep, hoping that my door didn't blow in. Um, but it's still a little bit windy this morning. I'll I'll let the wind and the 50s go. I'm fine to take some temperatures in the 30s and 40s if we can let that wind go because it was it was insane. A lot of prayers for the people in Boulder. They've already, as of last night, they had lost more than 500 houses, which is bigger than any of the fires I've lived through here, uh, which have been intense. Um, just deeply, deeply sad. Really tough way to to begin the new year. Thoughts yeah. and prayers for those people. Yeah, 100%. All of our thoughts and prayers with them and hope everybody is able to be safe with that. And hopefully, as you mentioned, maybe with the snow coming in, we can we can finally put those fires down. No easy way to transition from that to the Dynasty GM. But Dennis, tell us with our seasons wrapping up, what's a good way people can uh, use a really cool tool to help their Dynasty teams? Well, there's no offseason in Dynasty. We're just getting ready to get fired up. It's going to be trade season, jockeying for draft position, rookie evaluation. You want to dominate your Dynasty League? The Dynasty GM from Dynasty Nerds is the tool you need to get the job done. It integrates seamlessly with MFL, Sleeper, Flea Flicker, and FFPC leagues. More leagues are going to be added, or more platforms are going to be added this offseason. You can use the League Analyzer to identify your team's strengths and weaknesses and then match it up with another team that has opposite strengths and weaknesses to generate a a trade that's going to help both. 
I use the trade calculator to put together league winning deals, uh, player shares tracker to keep track of your roster ship, get exclusive rankings and more. Use code ROUNDTABLE for 15% off the monthly or annual subscription. Bundle the Dynasty GM with the Nerd Herd to save even more. That's code ROUNDTABLE at DynastyNerds.com. Dynasty GM. <laughs> I'm still not. Uh, the Falcons, sorry if you guys can hear my wife just like laughing away right there in the background. Uh, so my read was funny? <laughs> No, she was laughing at me being an idiot, and then I thought re- re- didn't realize I muted myself and then unmuted myself, and then so I'll, yeah, that's mm-hmm. the whole thing. You know, you guys get to see my stupidity behind scenes. Most people don't get to see that live. So, and you're muted, Matt, so I can't. Oh, hear what you're saying. this is our blooper show. So happy New Year. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it's you know we're 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 heading into the new year having a lot of fun. So the Falcons and the Bills play this Sunday. Falcons are seven and eight. Bills at nine and six. Matt, what who what Falcons do you trust to play this week? You know, I think Cordero Patterson. Um, you're still playing him because he's, he's maybe not the most powerful rusher, but he gets involved in the passing game. Kyle Pitts, I still think, is a top twelve tight end option with the volume he's getting. Playing against Buffalo, who's been playing better, I might be less bullish on Russell Gage. So it's probably just Patterson and Pitts that I feel solid playing. Yeah, I think if you have Pitts, you you have to start him. Uh, Buffalo's giving up the third fewest fantasy points to tight ends. So it's by no stretch an easy matchup. They also give up the fewest fantasy points to wide receivers. So the Atlanta passing game could be in trouble. Uh, it might might be a game to fire up uh, uh, Patterson and Mike Davis. In the last four weeks, Patterson is RB28 and Davis is RB31. So they're both flex-worthy. Man, can you imagine having to rest your fantasy championship on Mike Davis? No, and I wouldn't <laughs> do it. I mean, it's it sucks because Cordero's really kind of been coming down at the wrong time, right? Like, he's really not been playing well. I don't know that I trust him. I probably still play Pitts because, I, I mean, mean he's, you, he's, you pretty much have to. I mean, to quote yeah. my good friend Lloyd Bridges, I've picked a bad time to quit sniffing glue. Yeah. With that, the Bills have been on a roll. Dennis, does Devin Singletary stay hot? You know, Atlanta gives up the ninth most fantasy points to running backs. Uh, Singletary has been the RB 13 through the last three weeks, so it seems like there's a match there. Uh, I, I like what Singletary has been doing, and it seems that McDermott is trusting him a lot more. Gabe Davis is coming back. Uh, Cole Beasley's coming back. They've got uh, Stefan Diggs. Dawson Knox. So they have a good passing game. They're not a team that necessarily is going to grind out the clock with the running game, but I'm pretty comfortable starting Singletary as a RB2 this game. Yeah, they have kind of a three man rotation that they've used throughout the season with Brita and Moss and Singletary. It seems like Singletary has kind of established the last few weeks being the lead of that. I'm sure they're trying to protect Josh Allen a little bit with that turf toe, trying to keep him solid for the playoffs. So he is the one I feel the best about playing. I still think I like him more if I'm relying on a flex than necessarily an RB2. Yeah, I, I'm with you there. I think really good flex option. I mean, obviously, Josh Allen, hopefully Stephon Diggs can have big days. You got Gabriel Davis and Cole Beasley coming back. I'd be hesitant to play either one of them. I mean, we've seen it time and time again this year and go back even to just Tyreek last week. 
these guys coming off COVID deal a little bit with, I mean, everybody deals with the issues and the symptoms differently, but uh, I'd be a little bit hesitant to put either one of those guys in my lineup this week, just in fear that they may still be suffering a little bit from that. Taking the bills to win the game. So am I. So am I. The four and eleven New York Giants at the five and ten Chicago Bears. Dennis, the Giants likely rotating quarterbacks. With that being said, going back and forth between Fromm and Glennon, do you trust any of the receivers? I mean, talk about a roll of the dice. Uh, you know, Kenny Galladay is just not getting in the end zone. Uh, it's it's really uh, a bit of a train wreck there. If I'm going to roll out any Giants wide receiver, it's going to be uh, Kadarius Tony. Because he can take the three-yard pass and make it a 15 to 60-yard gain, uh, whereas Galladay is more of a downfield guy. He's going to run those longer, slower developing routes. And with Glennon and Fromm back there, I don't think that bodes well for him. Uh, Tony's probably a solid flex play. No, he's a non been a non-participant. Didn't practice on Thursday. I don't actually think he's going to end up playing. Yeah. Damn it. Um, the rotating quarterbacks never works for any team, but it's going to work particularly poorly for Jake Fromm and, uh, Mike Glennon. I don't want any giants receiver because the only hope you have is that someone gets a tight end. Like that's what made Evan Ingram worth a play last week. Cause he got a tight end because volume of receptions and yardage alone isn't doing it. I'm not even incredibly bullish on Saquon Barkley. I mean, you're playing him cause he's an RB two, but there is no one on the Giants I feel great about. Yeah, I think the, the for whatever reason, their ability to not get Barkley involved in the passing game is just beyond me. I know for whatever reason well, they've they've allowed Jake Fromm didn't to get, get anyone involved in the passing. Well, game. that part's true, but but even before Fromm, like it seems to be Booker they're using more on third downs than Barkley. Yeah. It, it sucks because. That's the thing. I mean, chances are you probably have to play Barkley. I don't, I don't know if you're in the champ. I, I am in one championship where I have Barkley, and I'm probably sitting in for Damian Harris this week in hopes that Harris can continue to produce to the Patriots back. And it's just weird saying that out loud that you're benching someone like Saquon Barkley, but that might be the better play. Is you know as bad as Chicago's defense has been at times. I mean, with them not getting him involved in the game, I just don't think that you can you can trust him at all. Matt, who it seems like Dalton is trending toward being the starter for for the Bears. They they keep talking like Fields is limited in practices, but if whichever goes, if it's Fields, Dalton, how do you feel for them and the receiving options for fantasy? I thought they were looking at Foles. Is it Foles again? Last I saw, I didn't even see that Fields had been ruled out no. yet. Last I saw, he was no, Fields has limited. Been ruled out. He yeah, that limited. he's been limited, and Dalton has been practicing. So, yeah, I mean, I guess it could technically be. Full. Yeah, it could be. I'm be I would think if, if I don't Dalton's care which bad, quarterback it is, I don't want yeah. any of the quarterbacks, and really, I don't trust any of the receivers. The only receiving asset that I might take a chance on is Cole Komet, but that's more about the situation at tight end than anything else. We loved Darnell Mooney's talent, but he's not getting consistent volume. I mean, and, and with a Rob coming back from COVID, I think that cuts into Mooney's options a little bit. The downside of that is a Rob said he lost 10 pounds while he was out with COVID. And, and so he's going to have to regain his strength. So I would expect he's going to be limited. What this really feels like is a David Montgomery game. The, the, the uh, Giants defense is giving up the eighth most fantasy points to running backs. And Montgomery is 
just producing. He he seems to be, you know, he's not giving you, you know, Christian McCaffrey RB, the RB one vibes. But it seems like every week you can count on him for an RB eight to twelve performance, and uh, he he just he's doing what he needs to do. He looks really good, and so Monty is the guy I want. Yeah, Monty should be a great play this week. And Matt, I'm with you on Komet. I mean, if you're struggling at tight end, I mean, I played him last week. Um, Who did I lose? I can't remember who I ended up losing to. I think it may have been. He ends up getting. Yeah, he ends up surprisingly getting the most volume at times, which. Yeah, I mean, it's not a high getting, upside, but it's a decent play. right around like six to eight points. And I feel like if there's a team he could score against, it's probably the Giants. And I mean, like I have him, and there's I have him in two spots, and I have Friar Muth, and it's just one of those things where you know, so, at, at my point, I might have to end up playing him because I don't know if Friar Muth's going to be cleared from concussion protocol. But they're almost the flip, though. Cole Komet seems to be getting plenty of targets between the twenties, and then it's nothing but Jimmy friggin' Graham when they get in the red zone. Whereas Fryermuth, you're pretty much right now because there's not enough volume in Pittsburgh's passing game, hoping for a touchdown. Yeah, I uh, <sighs> wait, I, isn't Fryermuth out though? Or not he, yet. He's still questionable. Okay. He's still questionable. Yeah, that's why I said like you may end up having if you're in a situation like that because you don't want to trust. I mean, probably the only one you're going to be able to pick up is Brian or Njoku. Hooper's probably rostered somewhere, so well, the chances. If, if, if if Friar Muth is out, you know they've got Zach Gentry, right? No, not not in a championship. <laughs> okay, I don't, don't. Even, I, We're going to be lucky if Pittsburgh can support Deontay Johnson and don't say Najee that. Harris. Deontay in a lot of places too, and Najee. I'm so in, invested in the. Steelers you know what's questionable is the like, Steelers' offense in general. Right. Oh, I agree with you on that. No, I, I, I would also say if Fields does end up playing, I would trust him as a super flex starter. He's been a top 10 quarterback the last couple times that he's played, I think just because of that rushing upside. So if he's good to go, I would feel comfortable putting him in. Not really great option for either one of these teams, but I'm going to take the Bears just because... I feel like whichever quarterback they end up starting, it's bet those three are the better side of the rotation than the two the Giants are messing with right now. So I'm gonna take the Bears. Me as well. Yeah, I'm also taking the Bears. The well, I almost went four and eleven. The eleven and four Kansas City Chiefs at the nine and six Cincinnati Bengals. Matt with Ceh out. Are you cool with firing up Darrell Williams? Yeah, you know, he's been really good when CEH has been out the last few times. He gets involved in the passing game and the rushing game. They've been uh, relying on the the run game more. So I think Darrell Williams could be a, a running back too this week. I mean, it comes down to the options you have, I think. The Bengals can be kind of stingy to running backs. Uh, they're giving up the eighth fewest fantasy points. So I'm probably more comfortable with Williams as a flex play. Uh it's just, uh, you know, it's coming down to the options you have here in, in the finals. Uh, Williams will definitely get, well, I, as that as the word definitely came out of my mouth, I remembered Derek Gore. So, you know, what the hell, who knows? But uh, I think Williams is a comfortable flex play. Yeah, I think I, I'm with you. I actually wouldn't mind playing him as an RB too, but 
the Derek the the Gore thing, Derek not Frank Derek not Frank Gore scares me a little bit. That that is what uh because he gets a lot of those receptions. Williams was has been a good runner though at times when Ceh is out. So regardless, we feel comfortable playing him whether it's in your RB two or your flex spot. Real quick before we move on to the Bengals side, Dennis. I mean, you you feel fine assuming you survived not having Kelsey or Hill last week. One more week removed from dealing with everything. They you're good to fire them up in your week. You're not worried about any kind of ramifications. Well, I think you're worried every week now. Uh, it, it just is. It's the wild wild west out there. And so, I, if I have Kelsey, he's in my lineup. And if I have Hill, he's in my lineup. I can't imagine there's you know twelve other tight ends or 24, 36 other wide receivers that I'm going to put over them. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to roll them out there. Do I expect that, you know, they're going to score 20 and 30 points? Probably not. But, you know, I, I think I can probably get 18 to 20 out of Hill and 14 to 17 out of Kelsey. Yeah, this might be a lower scoring game than than we're thinking because both these defenses are decent. Um you know, we'll do some things to to test the offense. But if you have Hill or Kelsey, I think you have to play them as long I mean, as they're the, active. The yeah. thing that that's weird is so Cincinnati, uh, they're seventh in sacks in the NFL. So, the, but they're really low. They're like bottom third in pressures and hurries. So they're either sacking the quarterback or they're just not getting there. So that that's going to be a problem. So even if let's say they get five or six sacks on the homes he's still likely to have a ton of time back there on the other snaps. So, Yeah, I'm, I'm with you guys on Hill and Kelsey, and I'll also just add really quick, and if, if either one of you disagree, you can let me know. I'm still not starting Hardman or Pringle. I just can't. I know they had good games last week, but don't. Okay. I just wanted to double check. They had the good games last week, and I get. Yeah, maybe we saw Pringle's best game of the year last week, so if you started him last week, props to you, but not this week. I think you hit mute, Matt. I thought I hit the button as I was trying to switch back and forth there. Uh, Dennis, with uh, with Canborough, keep it up here against what has been a resurgent Chiefs defense. Yeah, I think Burrow can. The issue really comes down to uh, what the tools Burrow has can accomplish. Kansas City's allowed the six most, most fantasy points to quarterbacks. But they're 16th to running backs, 23rd to wide receivers, and 13th to tight ends. So you you take that and you you take that defense, and then you take a team that has a bunch of weapons. And now it's like, well, who are you going to bet on? I, I I think Burrow is is the play there. You're not going to sit Higgins. You're not going to sit Chase. You're probably not going to sit Boyd and you're not sitting Mixon, but you may want to temper expectations. It's going to be interesting to see how it plays out because they are really explosive. And if Burrow can, can uh, get the time, Kansas city has the gives up the, uh, despite the perception that their defense is great, they give up the, or they get the fourth fewest sacks in the NFL, but they have the second highest hurry rate and sixth highest pressure rate per pro football reference. So they get to the quarterback. They're just not 
converting it into sacks. That could cause turnovers. You know, they're very opportunistic with Sorensen and Matthew and, and Bolton and Gay. So they do have an opportunistic defense. Uh, but I think that that Burrow, I'm definitely rolling Burrow out. And, uh, you know, the, it's in a start your stud scenario, you're, you're going to start those other guys too. Yeah, from a fantasy perspective, we love it when Burrow goes for huge numbers like he did last week, and we've seen them be successful that way. The Bengals are also 4-0 when Burrow throws for less than 200 yards this season, so they've also been adept at grinding out wins. I tend to feel like this is going to be one of more of those grinder games. I think Burrow will be fine as long as he can avoid turnovers, Um, but I am definitely not having the same expectations I had last week when they were playing a team yeah. and they had put up 40 before and they put up 40 again. I don't think you're going to see 500 yards and four touchdowns. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if this game is very close for like two to three quarters. And then if someone starts pulling away, like we start seeing them throwing it all over each other, uh, Mahomes and, and Burrow in that fourth quarter, trying to get that win. But, uh, I'm with you guys. You're starting all of those guys. Maybe you lower expect. I mean, obviously you don't expect T Higgins to go out there another 50 point burger, like a 50 burger It's not going to happen, but you drop expectations a little bit on for Higgins and chase, but they're still going to play. And I think Mixon is the guy really for the Bengals. Cause Matt, you just mentioned it. They seem to win when Mixon's playing. And, and earlier in the year, we saw the chiefs were really good at giving up or not good. They were bad at stopping the run. So can Mixon kind of do that here again? Having Frank Clark back has definitely helped that defense, but uh, he's the guy here. I am solely taking the Chiefs here because I need them to win for the Browns to have that slight, slight chance of making the playoffs. But I, I honestly think the Bengals are going to win, but I'm picking the Chiefs in hopes that, you know, good karma and all that other good stuff. I'm not a chicken shit. I'm picking the Bengals. I actually think the Chiefs are going to win. I think that they want to get that top seed. It's not being I stop being afraid to pick the Bengals. I want to pick the Bengals. I just need to pick the Chiefs because I need the Browns to make the playoffs. So I need the Bengals I, to lose. That that's I the know. only reason I'm doing it. I know. I'm giving you shit. The eight and seven Miami Dolphins are at the ten and five Tennessee Titans. Miami has won seven straight. Matt, can they make it eight? I think they can. They've been one of the hottest teams. They've had great defense. It hasn't really mattered that they don't have consistent star play on offense. Jalen Waddle's been great. And Tennessee's defense has not been incredible all season. They've had some moments, um, you know, if Tua can play well. I I think that they really want to get to that Week 18 game against the Patriots and have that be kind of an all-or-nothing game, which is where it's tracking. Yeah, the, uh, you know, Duke Johnson certainly came back down to earth last week. Is that experiment over or no? Um, Miami is using some kind of idiot. I would not play a single Miami running back. They're using some kind of dreadful rotation. Yeah. Uh, Well, you know, the Titans are giving up the second most fantasy points to wide receivers. And so I'm certainly firing up Jalen Waddell. And then I'm firing up Mike Gesicki, too. While they're tough against tight ends, Gesicki only lines up at tight end like 6.4% of the time. 56% in the slot and 30% uh, out wide, according to JetsXFactor.com. So he's basically a big-ass wide receiver. And... He's their he's their number two receiver behind Waddle. Uh, he's ahead of Parker, so I, I'm firing up both of those guys. If it, you know if I can get uh, Gesicki out there at tight end and, and or even at flex with him getting the kind of volume he is from a wide receiver position, but he's 
tight end eligible. I, that's a win. Yeah, I'm going to go the opposite way of Gasecki, and I'm, I'm actually willing to start Parker. When he's been out there, he's been good. Now, last week he got the Marshawn Lattimore experience, which, I mean, he shuts down better wide receivers, so that's not surprising. Uh, but with Parker being out there, Dennis, you just mentioned they give up so many points to the wide receiver position. I mean, Waddle's obviously going to be the focus, but I would not feel bad about starting Parker in a flex spot at all. I think he can come through for you, get you 10 to 12 points this week uh, with, with as bad as that Tennessee uh, defense has been outside. Well, what of- I can tell you is when I go to Disney, I am certainly not riding the Marshawn Lattimore experience. I, I would have that. fun. Yeah, no, it doesn't really go anywhere. It's a zero point experience. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, it really doesn't. Matt, for the um, for the Titans here, I mean, how how do we feel about AJ Brown going up against a very good defense? Yeah, I mean, A.J. Brown is a different kind of player. Maybe he doesn't get 11 for 145 in the touchdown, but I still think he returns at least wide receiver two value. I'm starting him. I think he returns top five. Uh, the Dolphins, while they have a good defense, they give their top 10 in fantasy points allowed to wide receivers. And there's the only show in town is A.J. Brown. He's a grown-ass man. You fire him up and ride him to the championship. Yeah, I think you have to fire him up. I'm, I'm, I don't know how good he's gonna. I, I think he'll be okay. I think he'll be top twelve more than likely. But I think the the issue with some of that is while while the Dolphins' defense has given up a ton to wide receivers, I think a lot of that was earlier this year because they've really kind of shut down here in the second half. They've been one of the better defenses. So knowing that AJ Brown is really the only threat in town, are you willing to start the Dolphins' defense this week? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so the Dolphins have, have been sh- uh, shutting down the, these high-powered uh, offenses, uh, the New York Jets, the New York Giants, the Carolina Panthers, the New York Jets, the Houston Texans. Yeah, they've been kicking it up the last seven weeks. Hey, Houston Texans offense has actually been pretty good. Don't, don't, yeah. you, you, know, don't you disrespect uh, Davis Mills like that. He's you been, know, he's they're, good. they're good relative to expectations. I mean, like, like, let's let's just be honest here, though. Like, Davis Mills, Ryan Tannehill, like that. That's a pretty even scale, I think, at least with the right way they've now, been playing yeah. this year. But no, nah, I mean, I, I, I'm, I think that I'd fire him up. I would. Uh, I'm taking the Dolphins. I said, what was that, Matt? Like four or five weeks ago, that yeah. I thought it was going to come down to that Week 17 matchup. They've got to win today to make that happen. Or Week 18. I'm sorry, Week 18 matchup. So they've got to win today or Sunday to make that happen. I'm taking the Dolphins. I'm also taking the Dolphins. It's another clean sweep. It's not good. It's not good, boys. This is this is not looking good. No, we've the been eight. in the zone. I was I was like Half. eleven and five last week, so you guys had to have been pretty close. The eight and seven Las Vegas Raiders going up against the nine and six Indianapolis Colts. Dennis, which Raiders are you trusting here going up against the Colts? You know, I want to trust Josh Jacobs. Um Basach has been a lot more willing to give him the ball. Uh, maybe it's a function of Kenyon Drake being out, Jalen Richard uh, coming back and, uh, you know, not being the kind of guy you want to give a whole lot of touches to. Uh, he's been RB10 the last four weeks. Colts are tough. They've given up the seventh fewest points, points to running backs. I think you've got your, your starting Jacobs probably is an RB2 if he's on your roster. Uh, if you're fortunate enough to be able to flex him, then lucky you. Uh, 
they give up the seventh most fantasy points. Uh, wait, wrong one. Uh, the Colts give up the fourth most fantasy points to tight ends. But I mean, who do, who can who can you trust on the Raiders? Uh, you know, Waller's coming back. If he plays, is he going to split time with Renfro or Renfro uh, Moreau? You just don't know uh, if he's going to step back into his you know twelve target spot or if they're going to ease him back in and split time with Moreau. If for some reason uh, uh, Waller is out again this week, I think you're okay firing up Renfro as a a, a hail mary kind of tight end. Moreau, you mean? Yeah, that dude. God. <clears throat> if Waller is active, I'm playing him. I'm playing Hunter Renfro regardless. If Waller is not active, I don't want Foster Moreau because I just don't think there's the same chemistry or anything. I agree with Dennis about Jacobs. You're probably playing, but low, low end RB2. And then, you know, Derek Carr's been decent. There are worse super flex options out there. Damn it. <clears throat> yeah, it is, I thought Darren Waller was out. Is he not? I thought he was no. He's been. He returned to practice. Okay, and he's tracking toward. Uh, he heard that they still were in the playoff race, so uh, he he got healed. Up. Oh no! Now he's been put. He just got. Put That's on what I'm about to say. I thought he got list. put on the COVID oh, list. Oh. I thought he got put on the COVID list. I thought he was out. So well, he so returned to practice yesterday, so I was very excited. No, uh, yeah. Which one of them bastards gave him COVID in practice? That's what I was trying to figure Foster out. Moreau. <laughs> he's trying to, he's trying he's to like, be the thing. So then with Waller out that, for me, though. it's Renfro, Jacobs, and I would consider Carr and Superflex. I think it's just Jacobs. I don't even know that Renfro has a good day here against this Colts defense. Uh, Matt. And just the find touchdowns in the most unlikely well, that, scenarios. That part, that part is very true. Carson Wentz is likely out. How do we feel about Pittman, who's really the only receiving option we're, we're worried about here if uh, Ellinger is the quarterback for the Colts? Well, you know, I think it tells you all you need to know that the Colts went ahead and I, I believe Wentz, they said he he's probably that there's a very slim chance because I think he was unvaccinated. So not feeling good about that he's doing his but research. it was very telling that the colts were willing to admit that they called philip rivers and asked him to come back to play which has got to be the biggest confidence boost in the world for sam ellinger who's like oh you'd rather have the high school football coach who hasn't been on a professional field in 12 months than than to have me go out there okay um, but that's probably how we all feel. Very bullish on Jonathan Taylor, even though the Raiders were able to bottle up the Denver running backs last week. I think Jonathan Taylor is going to have to carry them. If you have Pittman, you, you're probably starting him because he's been so good this season. But I do not have a good feeling about Sam Ellinger. I do not have a good feeling that the Colts are excited about having Sam Ellinger. Yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, but to quote the office, uh, not great, Bob. Um, maybe, maybe no, that's, that's something else. Mad, that, that's Mad that, Men, right? I'm, that's that Mad, Mad Men? Men. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It's Mad. Whatever. Men. Some I only have seen the gift, not the not the show. Gotcha. Uh, not great, Bob. Uh, the Raiders do give up the seventh most fantasy points to running backs. Uh, the thing we have to worry about here is Frank Wright getting cute. If he doesn't get cute and just gives the ball to Jonathan Taylor, uh, then they have a shot. Seems like Frank Wright's seen Sam Ellinger play also. So yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I I don't want to hate all on Sam Ellinger. I wonder how much of that, too, is. I mean, they are still in the playoff race. They need to win to kind of keep pushing for that. And maybe it's one of those things like, well, we trust Phillip Rivers because he is a veteran and has been here before. But it's probably I not mean, great. Like You saw like Phillip Rivers at the end of that. last year. No one was That's shocked true. that he retired. But I, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to hate too much on, on Ellinger. Yeah, I, I, Taylor. I mean, I will say Phillip Rivers made ben, ben Roethlisberger look like a deep ball threat last year. Fair point. Fair point. So, I mean, that's exactly what Pittman needs. So, with all that being said, um, man, this is actually. I'm going to go Raiders. I think they get. I think they get the upset. I'm going to stick with the fighting Jonathan Taylors. I'm also taking MVP Jonathan Taylor and the Indianapolis Colts. The two and three Jacksonville Jaguars at the nine and, two and six. 13. Two and 13. Sorry. That two and three is practically the same thing. Uh, at the nine and six New England Patriots, Matt, with Robinson out, are you playing any Jaguars in championship week? Absolutely not. The Patriots have a good defense. I think Jacksonville is going to be off. Patriots yeah, defense it, number one in fantasy scoring this week. I think yes. it's a realistic possibility. 100%. Yeah. It, it's it's a, a train wreck there. Uh, you don't want nothing to do with any of that. No. All right, so let's move on to sunnier pastures here, and that's New England. Damian Harris went off in week 16. Dennis, are we in for a repeat? You know, my hope is, is that – they commit, you know, it looks like Stevenson was activated from COVID, if I remember. Hopefully, they don't decide to do a wacky three-headed timeshare with Stevenson, Harris, and uh, uh, Brandon Bolden. I, I think you fire him up. He's played really, really well. He's healthy, as healthy as you can be in week 17 of the NFL season. He looks good. I, I, I like Harris. I would like to like Harris, but there are two things holding me back. One, Josh McFucking Daniels um, and his never-ending player rotations. And two, Damian Harris was added to the injury report with a hamstring injury that has caused him to be a limited participant in practice. And that gives me a huge amount of pause that they're going to rotate with Ramondre Stevenson. Don't put that juju on me, Matty Bobby. Well, I think if the Patriots get up big, which, you know, they may not even need an offense to get up big against Jacksonville, then we see them rest Harris, who is probably a better weapon for them in the playoffs and against Miami. And we see a lot of Bolden and Stevenson. Yeah, I think the only thing in that scenario is hopefully Harris goes off before that or at least get you a little bit, maybe get you 60, 70 yards and a touchdown, and then they're kind of like, okay, take a seat. I mean, I, I'm i playing him because of what he's done. I've, I've thought he's the better running back for the Patriots. Now, the thing that always worries me is it always seems like Bill, once a guy goes off, he, he switches him and puts the new guy in. It's like, hey, you did great for us last week, son. Take a seat. Let Ramondre go out there and show us what he can do. So it's, I guess, kind of the you know what you get when you when you're relying on New England running backs, and that's usually heartbreak. But I'm I am with you guys. I'm starting Harris and then hoping for the best of this week. Taking the Patriots. Me too. As, as am I. The eleven and four Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the four and eleven New York Jets. Dennis, which Bucks are you playing this week? Just so you know. 
Mike Evans has just been pulled off the COVID-19 list. Does not mean that he'll play uh, because he is still technically dealing with the hamstring issue, but that is at least good that he's been removed off the COVID-19 list. I mean, it should be a smash spot for Rojo, but it comes down to who does Bruce Arians hate the least? Is it Rojo or is it Keyshawn Vaughn? Because clearly he hates both of them. Uh, you know, I, I think you got to fire up Ronald Jones if if you roster him and the expectation is flex worthy, maybe low end RB2. But with Vaughn popping off for that 55 yarder last week, I could see Arians getting a little, you know, curious about it and say, OK, well, you know, I've been riding his ass for two years now. Maybe he's finally come around and let me put him out there. We've seen Vaughn drop pass when he first got in the game, uh, when Fournette got injured. We've seen him not be a great blocker. Uh, but we know Rojo is an awful blocker and a, a worse pass catcher. So I I feel like it's a, a 50 pass, a, a 50 attempt game for Tom Brady, even though they're playing the Jets, just because they're going to not want to do anything with the running back. So I'm starting A.B., Gronk, uh, Maybe even O.J. Howard. If you're starting O.J. Howard, you're just basically giving up on the championship. <clears throat> I think Keyshawn Vaughn's run last week was a good sign for the future where he might actually end up having a role next year. But Ronald Jones was still RB12 in week 16. He got the majority of the carries, and he did plenty with it. I am starting him. I'm definitely starting Antonio Brown, who's playing for that incentive money. A lot was made of he had very makeable uh, marks in terms of receptions, yardage, and touchdowns over the last three games to be able to, and it certainly looked like Tom Brady read his contract as well with the way he was targeting him. I'm a little more, you're playing Gronkowski, but he has been in a little bit of a funk the last few weeks, even in games where he was pretty well the only big-time receiving target. They just haven't gotten the ball to him with as much consistency, and Cameron Brait has been getting a few more targets. Uh, so if you were going to take a flyer on a second tight end, for me, it would not be Howard. It would be Brait. But I think also if Evans plays, you got to put him in there because in the red zone, Evans seems to have magic. He may not get you 100 yards. He may not get you 50 yards, but he could catch two passes and both of them be for two yards and a touchdown. Yeah, that would be the only reason I'd play Evans. You know, just mentioned earlier, these guys coming off the COVID list have kind of struggled at times but because of what he can do in the red zone, all it takes is we, we saw it multiple times last year, right? He had like four catches for like six yards and two touchdowns. And that's all, all that matters right there. So I'd be willing to play him as well. If he is good to go, I'm taking the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to win the matchup. So we're not even going to talk about the jets. Oh, there, there's no one that you should feel confident starting. Michael Carter has been good, but not against Tampa Bay. So Tampa Bay has given up the second most receptions to running backs in the NFL this year. They've given up 102 receptions to running backs. I've also fourth, seen the Jets play. Fourth most touchdowns. I'm just saying he's probably flex worthy depending on yeah. who your options are. I'm also taking the Buccaneers, and I guess I would flex Carter, but I'm really moderating expectations for any Jet. Bucks for me as well. Yeah. I would not flex Carter, but I do apologize. You know, do you think there. do you think the NFL, like back in July, thought that some of these Week 17 matchups were going to be incredible and they've gotten to Week 17 and been like, I done fudged up? Probably. Didn't they? 
Were the, uh, did they did they not flex the Monday night game right? It wasn't supposed to be Brown Steelers, was it? Yeah, it was. It was always Brown oh, was, Steelers. Okay. I can't remember, but I don't think they can flex a Monday night game. They could flex a Sunday night matchup. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm I'm sure that they don't love some of these. It's more of like you know I will say props to Zach Wilson because he's definitely played better at least last week. But uh, I think this as a rusher anyway going to uh, yeah confuse the hell out of him. I, I don't know how much that's going to help out. I would just be very hesitant. He did. Carter did have a good week last week, so I could be wrong. All right. The eight and seven Philadelphia Eagles are at the six and nine Washington football team. Matt, which Eagles are you comfortable starting this week? Well, I'm still starting Jalen Hurts. Um, I'm still starting Dallas Goddard, though it was very heartbreaking what he did last week or what he didn't do last week. Devonta Smith is still a flex-worthy dart throw. The backfield, I honestly, the more I've thought about it, I don't want to play anyone. Yeah, the backfield is a real roll of the dice. You know, maybe it's Boston Scott. You know, Gainwell has 43 receptions this year, uh, and he's been out of the game a ton. Uh, He's been inactive and stuff. So when he's played, he's been productive. Same with Jordan Howard. When they give him the ball, he's productive. Uh, but yeah, I'm trying to avoid uh, the Eagles' backfield. You know, Goddard went off two weeks ago. He had like what seven catches or eight catches for 135 yards against uh, WFP. He, so. he had two incredible weeks in a row: one with Minshew and then one with Hertz. And it seemed like they were turning around. And the last week, it was like Dallas Hill. Right. Well, I I still like Goddard. He was. Uh, uh, I had to, I substituted on the tight end start set column, and he was definitely one of my starts this week. Yeah, I want to say, and I can't remember exactly what they said about him, but it was almost like that was part of the game plan, unfortunately, to not get Goddard that involved last week. They, Sirianni mm-hmm. talked about it because I know that they supposedly missed Goddard. Like once I didn't watch a lot of the Eagles game last week, I'm going to be 100% honest about that. But, uh, they, uh, I guess he was wide open in the end zone for one, but he didn't pass it to him. And then Sirianna talked about they were trying to get like Smith involved, who I actually would play this week. I think Devonta Smith could have a big It was game. particularly brutal because they were playing the Giants, which are yeah. known for just being a sieve against the tight end. Yeah, I, you know, there's only so much you can do. But yeah, I'm with you. The the one thing I'm, I'm starting hurts. The one thing that worries me is I know he had the big game against Washington. Was that two weeks ago? But yep. he was really buoyed by the th- – I think he had two rushing touchdowns, and both of them were just like kind of QB sneaks in. He hasn't quite been running as much since dealing with that ankle injury. I think he's still going to be fine because even last week, I think he had like 30 or 40 rushing yards, and I know Sirianni said they did not have any design run plays for him. So that was just him scrambling out of the pocket, which you know you're going to get with him. But I'm, I'm curious if – when they get down into the red zone because of the way they're rotating all those backs, if they don't allow him to get those QB sneaks in, which will bring him down a little bit, but I'm still playing him. I just, I don't know that he's got that top five value where I think he finishes like QB two or three that week because of the, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, the rushing touchdowns. Dennis, how do you feel about Terry McLaurin this week? I mean, kid just can't catch a break with his quarterback play. My heart breaks for him. It's a, uh... It's been a lost year for him. I mean, if you roster him, you have to start him. You probably spent a third or fourth, maybe fifth round pick on him. Uh, He's sitting at wide receiver 25 on the year, wide receiver 27 in points per game. You know, it's not an awful year, but the expectations were just so much higher for him. Uh, 
I love McLaurin and what he brings to the table, but yeah, his they need a quarterback in Washington in the worst way. Yeah, and so here's the thing. He might be wide receiver 25 on the season, but since week 13, he's wide receiver 83. So I do not think he's an automatic start, especially with Ron Rivera coming out this week and saying he's preparing Taylor Heineke and Kyle Allen and expects to play them both. This is that dreaded quarterback rotation. I don't think either of those guys are great. It's been a precipitous fall for Heineke, who I thought midseason maybe had played himself into a chance to show what he could do as the guy. It's it's not happening. They need to do something else. I am very nervous. If you have some other <clears throat> options, you know, if you have like an Amon Ross St. Brown, I'm playing him over Terry McLaurin. Um, I'd play Hunter Renfro over Terry McLaurin. I'm trying to think of some other guys in that range. Oh, he can, has just not returned very much value. I can give you names because I've got him on a championship team. I'm playing in a, in a redraft league. I traded for him. This is how upset I am about this trade. I traded him earlier and he was back in like week six or seven. It was like Jarvis Landry, Kenjin Drake, and someone else. And I got Terry McLaurin back. Jarvis Landry has outscored him by like a country mile since I made that trade. And, and Landry was out for multiple weeks because of the injury as well. So uh, I'm with you. I am unfortunately not playing McLaurin this week. Not even just be, add everything together. Philly's defense has been playing good. They've been getting pressure on the quarterbacks. He's likely going to get Slay most of the game unless Slay is out, which I know he was dealing with an injury, but everything I saw recently, he's going to play. So it's likely Slay matching up against McLaurin, and then he's dealing with the rotating quarterbacks. I'm starting Marquise Hollywood-Brown and Devontae Parker over Terry McLaurin in a, in a league this week just because, look, I might be wrong. McLaurin might end up going out there and, and balling out, and that'll be on me if you want to use the whole start your studs thing. But McLaurin just has not – and I don't think it's him. We know he's a talented player. They have just not been able to get him the ball and allow him to produce for that team. As Matt, you just mentioned, wide receiver 80. Like, I'm I'm just not taking that chance this week. I'm, I'm going for guys I think get me at least some points. So let's play either or. Okay. Dan Jefferson or Terry McLaurin? Oh, I probably play McLaurin. I, I know the Rams are going up against Baltimore's horrid pass defense. But even then, I think it's that's Cooper Cup, Odell, then Van for me. I'm taking the one on Washington, even as bad as they could be. Yeah, I would probably play Terry there. Terry McLaurin or Michael Gallup? Mm. Who are the Cowboys playing again? I play Gallup. They're playing Arizona. I think Gallup has a better chance of getting a 40-yard bomb, as we saw last week, than Terry McLaurin. I think I'd still lean McLaurin. Just because of, I mean, they may not throw the ball to Cooper again, but I, I think I'd go McLaurin. Terry McLaurin or Marquez Callaway? McLaurin. McLaurin. I mean, who even yeah. knows if Terry McLaurin or KJ Osborne? Oh, I guess well, McLaurin now. McLaurin now. It would have yeah. been Osborne. It would have been Osborne. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Kellen Mond does not strike fear in the heart of. Oh, uh, it's not even Kellen Mond. It's Sean Mannion. Sean Mannion. Sean Mannion oh is the starter. Yeah. Yeah. It would have yeah. been. Yeah. I agree with Matt. It would have been Osborne a day ago. It is now Terry McLaurin. So I actually had Ma that choice as well. And I had Osborne in. McLaurin or Rashad Bateman? 
Rashad Bateman. That's going to be a shootout. Baltimore has yeah, to win that game. Probably Bateman because I think Huntley's back. And Huntley, even if yeah, Jack, Jackson's back, not yeah. really tracking, tracking yeah, where he can he's play. He's sitting today. I, I just looked at he's not. Well, they said he did a today, practice so. on Wednesday and came out limping really badly and yeah. wasn't able to go yesterday or today. Those are bad signs. Yeah. Yeah, I think if especially if Huntley's in, that's great news for Andrews and Bateman because he was feeding those two the ball. It's actually uh, probably bad news for Hollywood. Josh so. Johnson was feeding them pretty good yeah. too. So yeah, <laughs> so those, yeah. I think those either way, I'm playing quarterbacks playing. know where their bread is buttered. That's for sure. Yeah. All right. So uh, with that being that? said, I am uh, I'm taking the Eagles. Eagles for me. Well. All right, we have got the eleven and four Los Angeles Rams going up against the eight and seven Baltimore Ravens. We were just talking about uh, Dennis. How do we feel about starting Sony Michelle? You know, all, all the talk obviously about them activating Acres. We talked a lot about this on Monday's show. I honestly don't think Acres is going to get a lot of run here. But what do you think about starting Sony in a championship matchup? I feel like starting Sony is strong like a bull. Sony is going. I mean. It- uh, McVeigh came out and said that it's highly unlikely that that Acres plays. I think we know that it was gamesmanship for the most part. They did him a favor. The fact that he might play was gamesmanship, but they they activated him so he could get his uh, pension year accrual. But I, if he if he plays this year, it's 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 a damn miracle. I mean, I I get the he may come back and be the best player ever to come back from a torn Achilles at the running back position. And he may be the best player by far, but he's not going to do it in half the time that a normal Achilles recovery takes. You know, he may be out there jogging, running, but no, he, he, no. Yeah. If Akers gets a snap or two, that's a huge Huge win. I, I would yeah, be surprised yeah. if he even gets a carry. Henderson's on IR. He's gone. Sony Michelle has been RB3 the last four weeks since he stepped in as the starter. I'm starting him, and I'm not thinking twice about it. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, we, like I said, we talked a lot about it on Monday. They, they, It seems like they've, they 100% activated Acres to allow him to hit the stuff in his contract to get that money, which is, and again, I will say props to the to the Rams organization for doing that because we've seen many organizations that don't. So props to them for taking care of the, that player. It's Sony Michelle all day long. Matt, who starts at quarterback for the Ravens this week, and how does that affect the rest of the team around them? Well, first of all, it's looking a hell of a lot better than it was a week ago where no one was available except for Josh Johnson. I thought he acquitted himself pretty well, but Huntley's been activated. Lamar Jackson, we just mentioned a minute ago, tried to practice on Wednesday, came out limping, didn't didn't go yesterday, didn't go today. I honestly do not think he gets in there, in part because we've seen Huntley be really decent. Um, will COVID have an effect on him? It's had effect on others. Maybe it affects him more running, but he's been a decent passer. And so I have pretty good confidence in the passing pieces of that offense if Huntley gets in. I think uh, – I don't know that given the status of Lamar's ankle, I don't think it matters who the quarterback is. Lamar's agility and ability are what separates him from virtually every other quarterback. You take that away, he's Huntley, he's Josh Johnson. Johnson went 28 for 40 last week with 304 yards and two touchdowns. And he what targeted Andrews 
10 times, uh, Marquise Brown, nine times. He knows what, he knows what the deal is. He's going out there and he's executing it. So I, I think that you start your Ravens quarterback with a, you know, high QB two, mid QB two expectation because they're going up against the Rams. Yeah, I mean, Huntley coming back, I feel like it makes me feel a little bit better about the entire offense. You know, Josh Johnson really fed Mark Andrews uh, last week. He had that massive day. Now, Huntley was doing the same thing as well, but he was still getting Hollywood involved and Rashad Bateman, so I feel good playing all of them, and it does look like Huntley is tracking toward being the guy, as we were just talking about with Lamar likely not playing. So feel good about uh, the, the Ravens and all their players there. I think they're going to put up a good fight, but I just think the Rams have so much to play for. I think they're the better team. I'm taking the Rams. As am I. As am I. Football fans, I'm sure we all love an action-packed, high-scoring NFL game. But with the latest no-brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you'll be a winner once a single point is scored. New customers who bet just $1 on any team to score can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state, you can still get in on the NFL action. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Bet $1 on any team to score and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. The 7-8 and eight Denver Broncos are at the 8-7 and seven Los Angeles Chargers. Matt, it looks like Drew Locke is going to be starting once again. Are there any receivers you are starting? Yeah, it's interesting. Drew Locke was uh, quarterback three last week, according to Pro Football Focus. The problem was the Broncos couldn't block a fart in the wind. Uh, I don't know if that gets any I mean, better. To be honest, it dissipates pretty quickly. That is a difficult task. I don't know if it gets any better this week. They have a lot of guys that have been put on COVID, including Tim Patrick and a couple offensive linemen. I still like Sutton with Drew Locke. I think they're more likely to take shots, although Pat Shermer lined up uh, Cortland Sutton as a hand-on-the-ground tight end a few times last week because he doesn't know what the hell he's doing. So it's hard to have any kind of confidence in anything Denver's doing on offense. You know, the Chargers are giving up the fourth-most fantasy points to wide receivers, um, but it's because they give up the fourth-fewest fantasy points to wide receivers. But that's because they give up the second-most fantasy points to running backs. So I, I think it's it's uh, the only thing that's going to really help the passing game is if the Chargers get out to a big lead and Denver has to throw because it looks like Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon should be able to put up some, some fantasy points against the Chargers defense. Both of them are a little banged up, though, so that's something to watch. Melvin Gordon has a hip and a thumb injury, and Javante Williams has a knee injury. 
Dennis Eckler and Williams are tracking to return. What do we expect from them and Justin Herbert? Well, Denver gives up the eighth fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks, but I think Herbert still gets it done. He's probably I he's a top three dynasty quarterback. I mean, he's he I I think I shared with you guys some trades I was was getting offered uh this past week for Herbert in, in an Empire League that my team is clearly in rebuild. And Despite overpays, I just could not bring myself to trade away Justin Herbert. Uh, I, I think he's going to, um, he'll get some done. The, the thing with Eckler comes down to how is his health after coming off of COVID? Is the stamina there? Is the strength there? Uh, if he's not severely affected, then I expect he could have a normal game. But if he's winded, we saw Justin Jackson put up a phenomenal game last week. So the, the Chargers have no qualms about going to the backup if, if Eckler needs a blow. And we've seen Jackson can put up some points. So the Broncos actually beat the Chargers when they played the first time this year, which was kind of a, a surprise. And they did it by forcing Justin Herbert into some costly turnovers and interceptions. The Chargers have played better on the road than they have at home, and we've seen Herbert struggle with some untimely turnovers, especially in home games. So I'm being a little bit uh, cautious. I think this could end up being another low-scoring game. Their first matchup was a game that was in the teens. I expect this is going to be the same. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be that high scoring either. You know, Mike Williams, as Dennis just mentioned, may still be dealing with some issues. We've seen that happen a lot with these guys. Denver has a good secondary. I, I you know, Keenan Allen, I think is going to be the the likely guy Herbert goes to, but I could see them shutting him down a little bit. And Eckler as well is coming back from that. Do they still play Justin Jackson with as good as he was uh, this past week? I, I think this could be a low scoring game for the Chargers Broncos. I'm taking though the Chargers to win the game. Chargers for me as well. I'm taking the Chargers as a reverse jinx. <laughs> the 4-11 and Houston Texans at the 8-7 and San Francisco 49ers. Matt, are we buying Rex Burkhead as a fantasy starter again this week? You know, I don't think he gets 150 yards again, but I didn't think he was going to get 150 yards last week, so who knows. But actually, the way they are using him and the way that offense has been playing, I do feel comfortable putting him in a flex spot. Yeah, I mean, he's – what they got, uh, they haven't activated David Johnson off of COVID yet, as far as I'm aware. Uh, nobody's rolling out Scotty Phillips. Uh, Royce Freeman continues to uh, uh, unimpress. So, you know, Bur- Burkhead's averaging 15.1 points a game over the last three weeks. So he's going to go out there. I, you know, he's probably good for 10 to 12 points this week, which uh, is good in your flex if you're not playing. If, if you're looking for a floor flex, Burkhead is your guy. You know, the Niners are susceptible to the passing game, and Davis Mills has severely outperformed uh, everybody's expectations for him. And he's uh, starting to get that connection with Nico Collins going. So uh, Brevin Jordan's looking good. Uh, even with uh, Brandon Cooks uh, out on COVID, uh, you know, they could put up some points. You know, are they going to score 35? Probably not, but. Uh, they could make it competitive for a couple quarters. Yeah, I think a, a low-end flex play is the right place for him. Dennis, what do we expect from Trey Lance this week, who is likely going to get the start with a banged-up Jimmy Garoppolo? 
Well, I don't know. I'm going to defer to you. You're our college scout of the group. What do you think is, is, uh, you know, Lance has looked not ready uh, earlier this season. Is he ready now? I mean, nothing that I've seen in the limited time we got to saw, we got to see him on the field shows that he is ready. And I don't, I don't know that I trust Kyle shenanigans either with the way that he's handled anything in San Francisco. Um, I think if he if they run the RPO as well, I think he can be fine. He's obviously a rushing threat as well, but him diagnosing coverages, not forcing balls in is going to be the big thing. We've seen the Texans defense has actually been playing pretty good the past couple of weeks. So I think that if you do play him, if he does start, he's probably a top 15 quarterback, maybe top 12 because of the rushing upside. Because I would not be surprised if he takes off quite a bit in this game. But I would bet, especially if Elijah Mitchell comes back, which I know they're saying there's a chance that he plays this week, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Shanahan leans heavily on that running game, maybe a bunch of screen passes to Debo and Ayuk and relying on Kittle more than putting the game in Lance's hands. Yeah, I, I feel like we're probably looking at one or two deep shots, but for the most part, it's going to be pretty much the short passing game. Yeah, I'm... <clears throat> It's going to be interesting because Jimmy G has played well enough down the stretch that the 49ers are really going to have to consider what they want to do long term. I think it's good for them if they get a chance to see Lance start another game to give them some kind of idea of, you know, how he can adjust, how he can fare. When he made a start in week five, he was QB 20, but he didn't have a touchdown either as a rusher or a passer and had a, a turnover. I think he will get at least one or two touchdowns against the Texans. I think he's going to be good from a fantasy perspective. I don't know if we'll walk away saying, man, he's a great quarterback, but I think he'll be fine from a fantasy perspective. All right, on the – oh, no, that's it. Uh, 49ers. Yeah, me as well. I'm also picking the 49ers. The 10-5 and five Arizona Cardinals at the 11-4 and four Dallas Cowboys. Dennis, which Cardinals pass catcher do you like? Is, it, is Zach Ertz the top option again this week? Uh, yeah, I, I, I think Ertz is, but I also like Kirk. I, th- I want to say I, I didn't write down the uh, time frame that I uh, looked at when I I grabbed these numbers for the receivers, but I I think it was probably four or five weeks. Kirk is wide receiver 11, A.J. Green is 46, and Antoine Wesley. Maybe it's only three weeks. Antoine Wesley was wide receiver 80. Um, You know, Kirk has stepped up and is the guy there, and Ertz is the guy. From the passing game, those are the two you want, and it's pretty much it. A.J. Green could go off. I mean, he's a formerly exceptional wide receiver who's just gotten old. Uh, But, you know, like Toby Keith says, he may have his I ain't as good as I once was, but I'm as good once as I ever was moment uh, against the Cowboys. Yeah, I'm with Dennis. If it's among the wide receivers, Christian Kirk is the one that I have the most confidence in. But Zach Ertz really does look like he's been kind of the guy on the security blanket, especially since DeAndre Hopkins went out. Kyler Murray was looking for him in crucial situations last week, and I think he's, you know, he's a good play at a position that's sometimes a little bit hard to figure out. Yeah, I'm I'm 100% on board with uh, playing Ertz as a top option this week. Uh, Murray peppered him with targets last week. I think the same thing happens as 
they're likely going to be behind against a very good Dallas Cowboys team. Matt, that is your, you know, NFC crush. That's the team that you you really like to support when your Broncos aren't doing so well. So how are you approaching the Cowboys backfield? Zeke has looked much better since putting that knee brace on, looked more explosive the past couple of weeks. How are you valuing him and Tony Pollard? Yeah, you're probably, you know, I, I think you're probably still starting both um, because Pollard seems to be getting enough work as a Russian receiver most weeks. I, I don't expect them to be up, you know, like they were against Washington last week where it ended up being garbage time largely the entire second half and they pulled anyone of consequence uh, because there was no point. I, I think this will be more competitive, but their offense has been doing well. Um, Ezekiel Elliott is always a threat in the red zone. Tony Pollard's consistently getting carries and targets, so he has some flex value. I just think the ceiling, perhaps, you know, there was a time where Ezekiel Elliott was a no-brainer top five option. That time has passed. Yeah, you know, Elliott's looking a lot better, and uh, he, I'm trying to find who it was. Somebody had posted on Twitter that this past week he had his, he reached his highest speed since like week six. Now it was still like two mile an hour slower than he hit in week six, but he's getting a little bit of quickness back. He's, you know, he's probably as healthy as he's going to be for the rest of the season. Uh, I, I love Zeke. I'm a big Zeke fan. So if, if I have to play a Dallas running back, I'm definitely going Zeke over Pollard. Um, and I expect Zeke's probably going to be high-end RB2. Probably, I, I'd give him a – I'd place a top 15 expectation on him. Yeah, I, I think he could get some rushing touchdowns. Uh, Matt mentioned it. You know, he's he's big in the red zone, right? And that's kind of where I think Dallas is going to have to be because Arizona has been a decent team. I think both teams have a ton to play for in this game. Uh, so I think that uh, Zeke could score you a couple touchdowns. And if he gets you two, I mean, he could end up easily getting you. It may only be 14, 15 points, but if he gets you two, that's all that matters. That That's that's coming through for you. So I'm with, the, with Dennis on that. I think easy top 15 option this week because I think he'll get a couple touchdowns. I am taking the Cowboys to win the game. Cowboys for me. Cowboys for me. The 6-9 Carolina Panthers at the 7-8 and eight New Orleans Saints. Dennis, are you playing any Panthers this week? I think you got to play DJ Moore if you have him. Uh, it, at the very least in a flex spot. Uh, he's going to have his third straight 1,000-yard season, uh, he, or he has his third straight 1,000-yard season. He's the guy there. He's he's already tied his career high for touchdowns. And the Cam Newton-Sam Darnold quarterback rotation is, uh, at best, suboptimal. Uh, it, it's a train wreck there. And I saw on... Uh, NBC Sports Edge today, a blurb that mentioned that uh, owner David Tepper was uh, thoroughly embarrassed by the state of the Carolina Panthers under Matt Rule. Um, We could see Matt Rule get uh, uh, Chip Kelly'd here if we're not careful. We could see him get ruled out. Right. Bingo. (laughs) Uh, I'm with you. I'm, I'm playing DJ more, but he's more of a wide receiver three for me. That quarterback rotation leaves me cold. Yeah, I, I wouldn't play him if 
if you don't have to. I'm, I'm hesitant that he's going to do anything with Darnold coming back. Matt, aside from Kamara, is there any Saint you like in Week 17? I think if Taysom Hill is out there, I'm, I'm going back to considering him as a super flex option. Um, but that's that's pretty much it. Their offense hasn't been great. They're doing a lot with with defense. Yeah, it. I, I'm. If I have to start any Saints players, I'm praying uh, to uh, oh, who's the founder of the Mormon Church? I'm praying to him for Taysom Hill. Joseph Hill. Smith. Joseph Smith. I'm praying to Joseph Smith for Taysom Hill's good health. That's that's for dang sure. Uh, it, it's a, if it's Ian book or Taylor Heineke, no, it's not. Heineke. Uh, Who do they have? Uh, it's Simeon. They're all Simeon. three of them are off the, or, or no one, none of their quarterbacks are currently on the COVID yeah. list. So it yeah. seems, it seems like we boring some so, shenanigans. I, I, I feel like you, you have desperation plays at wide receiver tight end. So hopefully with the new COVID rules, you're not that desperate. But it's uh it's it's Hill and it's Kamara and that's it. Yeah. I mean, I think you have to trust Hill, but again, it's the same thing. Running quarterback coming off COVID, I'd be a little hesitant to think he does a has a great game. But I think if he's out there, you probably don't have many other other or they don't have better options, especially with as good as he was scoring earlier in the year. Uh, Saints for me. I don't. I don't think there's any shot the Panthers pull this off. Yeah, Saints for me as well, and for me, the two twelve and one Detroit Lions at the Seattle Seahawks, who are five and ten. Dennis DeAndre Swift is active, and from everything we're hearing from Coach Dan Campbell, he is playing this week. Are you trusting putting him back in your lineup? I I think you have to. I mean, he's been he was dynamic all season until he got injured. So if they're going to be dumb enough to play him, uh, if he's on my roster, I suppose I have to be dumb enough to play him too. Uh, don't outsmart myself. If, if you're rostering Swift and you're in the playoffs and the, he's active, I think you got to roll him out there. Yeah, and they, they said Jared Goff is doubtful to play on Sunday, so I think they're going to want to have a strong running game to help you know, another probable Tim Boyle appearance. So Swift, I'm I'm playing him if he's active. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if he's active. I mean, Boyle's going to go, what, 12 for 20, 25 with 130 yards? I mean, Amon Ross St. Brown still went 991 and one with Boyle as a quarterback. He gives them a decent receiver. And, that, and the other thing is Swift would give them another decent receiver. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think Swift and Amon Ross could eat, regardless if Goff's in or not. Seattle – they're very good against outside wide receivers, but they struggle against the slot, which is where Amon Ra is going to be. And you're likely going to assume DeAndre Swift's going to get a lot of passes outside of the out of the backfield. So, I think, well, <coughs> excuse me, both of them should be really good in this game. Uh, Matt, how do we feel about Metcalf and Lockett during Championship Week uh, with Seattle's offense kind of struggling? Yeah, Russell Wilson just has not been the same since coming back. Um, you know, he's been a middling QB two. He seems to have zero chemistry with DK Metcalf, but at the same time, Metcalf is one of those guys where all he needs is one big play to kind of make your day. So, you're still starting him in a flex. I like Lockett probably a little 
safer of the the two options because he seemed to have still a better rapport with Wilson. So he he's still a star for me, probably wide receiver three flex range as well. It just, you know, gone is the day where you're counting on those guys to help save your championship run. I mean, it's against Detroit, but this is the type of game where Seattle can shut their critics up for a week or so. You know, if, if Penny goes out and runs well, Lockett and, and Metcalf should, there's no reason they shouldn't be able to put up some catches. And who'd have thought that, you know, having your finger get all jacked up and get surgery would affect how you throw the ball. Go figure. This is a game where they could shut their critics up or they could give critics something to dine out on in the next okay. four months. And I feel like that's where we're tracking with, I think Seattle wants to, those guys don't want to be there anymore. Yeah, uh, and that is exactly why I'm taking the Detroit Lions. I I think Dan Campbell has this team fired up. I I don't see much. Let's be honest. Even with Tim Boyle starting, I don't see that much difference in either of these teams. I think Detroit's playing harder. I'm taking the Lions. I'm pulling for you to be right, but I'm taking the Seahawks. Yeah, I'm still taking the Seahawks. I think after an embarrassing home loss to the Bears last week that they're going to try to get a win. The Sunday night football game took a very weird turn this morning with the 7-8 and eight Minnesota Vikings going up to Green Bay at the 12-3 and three Green Bay Packers. We know Kirk Cousins has now been ruled out. He is on the COVID list. He is very famous for saying, if I die, I die when it comes to COVID. Uh, just to point out that he is not vaccinated, so there is no way he will be available by Sunday night's game, even with the new protocols. He is out. Viking, Vikings fans would like to take him up on that as well. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. The, it looks like uh, from everything we're hearing and seeing on Twitter and being reported is that Sean Mannion will be the starter, not Kellen Mond. So Thielen is done for the season. You know, that looked to be a good thing for K.J. Osborne, who has really played well when Thielen has not been in. But now with Sean Mannion in, like, Matt, what, what does this do for the Vikings? Because when yeah. you get Dalvin Cook back, but Dalvin Cook's also coming back from COVID, who, again, we've seen has really affected players. Justin Jefferson, who, don't get me wrong, it's an absolute stud. One of the best wide receivers, what, top five probably wide receivers in the game. But if you look at his splits, he averages under 60 yards receiving outdoors compared to indoors. They're going to Green Bay Sunday night. It's supposed to be like 12 degrees outside, and he's got their third-string quarterback throwing him the ball. You're playing him. I don't trust any Vikings to come through for me in this one. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm playing Dalvin Cook. I'm playing Justin Jefferson, but I've moderated expectations down quite a bit. This went from being – could be an interesting game to this could be a, a horse whipping. I have nothing to add to those comments. So let me ask one more question on that side of it. Now knowing this, because I think coming into this game, I agree with you, Matt, looked to be a very good game. You were avoiding Green Bay's defense that has been one of the better defenses for fantasy scoring. Has that now jumped up to one of the top options, even though they're going up against Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson, everything else surrounding this team. Would you be willing to play them in your fantasy championship? Probably a top 12 option, but I don't know if I'd say they're like a top five option, but they would be a fine play. Yeah, you probably have to, you're playing them with the expectation that they're going to get some turnovers because I would, even with Mannion, uh, I would think that uh, Cook and Jefferson are still going to get some yards and, probably a touchdown between them. 
All right. On Green Bay's side, Dennis, aside from Rodgers, Adams, and Jones, are you playing anybody else from the Packers? You know, I think you can make a case in deep, deep leagues. You know, we play in some, you know, three running back, four wide receiver, three flex type of leagues. Uh, there's definitely a case for starting A.J. Dillon uh, in the flex there. Um, you know, he's – Dillon is playing – and this is the type of game, too – you can make the gamble that Green Bay gets up and that they just use uh, A.J. Dillon. I almost called him Corey Dillon. They just use A.J. Dillon to grind the clock out and, and get, you know, he out at one of those games where he out snaps and out touches Jones. Uh, Jones outscores him for fantasy because he, you know, catches a few receptions and scores a touchdown or two. Uh, but that Dylan just kind of grinds the clock and ends up with, you know, 23 carries for 83 yards or something like that. And Dylan has shown himself to be a capable pass receiver as well. So let's not forget that. Uh, MVS is the, the deep flex you want uh, when you're praying for the hail Mary, you know, he's, he's your three catch for 96 yards and a touchdown guy. Yeah, I'll go with you that uh, I think you make a case for Dylan uh, being a flex consideration because they have used him as a grinder. I think, too, in part, they're trying to save Aaron Jones for what looks like another number one seed playoff run. I, in a championship week, am not taking a chance on MVS or Lazard because you don't know which one of them is going to be the second guy. Well, it's MVS, but he is coming off of COVID. Yeah, I'd be... I could see Dylan having a good game, especially now if the Packers are able to just kind of run it up. Do we see a like Dallas Cowboys, Washington football situation like we did last Sunday, where then the Packers, they have the game well in hand, rest the guys because they're going to have to have a big week 18 as well. They have to win that game to make sure they secure that number one seed. So they just start, do they start resting players? And that includes guys like Aaron Jones. So AJ Dylan gets a ton of carry in the second half. I am taking the Packers to win this pretty easily. Me as well. Surprised you guys weren't on the show and man and train. I thought about it for like half of a half second and then I changed. Uh, my I was I was taking the Packers before, so nothing changes. The seven and eight Cleveland Browns at Heinz Field, or should I say Ketchup Stadium for the Pittsburgh Steelers, seven, seven and one here. Going up uh ben, Big Ben's last appearance from what we're hearing there at uh, good old Ketchup Field. Dennis, aside from Chubb, any Browns you're willing to play this week? Yeah, I, I think Jarvis Landry is certainly wide receiver three uh, territory. No, he's the show there now. Um, they'll take a shot or two with DPJ, but Jarvis Landry is the guy. You know, he's he's not going to get you a ton of yards. It'd be nice if he could be as productive as say uh, Hunter Renfro, uh, but the. Uh, the Browns just don't seem to see fit to to give Landry that type of workload, but I could see Landry with, you know, six catches for 79 yards and God willing a touchdown. Yeah, I'm with you. I think Landry is definitely worthy of a flex. I'm also waiting for the Steelers to somehow back into winning the NFC North or AFC North title and this not being his final home game after all of this. 
I mean, they've got a shot. They, you know, we talked a little bit about on Monday. This is the game right here, right? Like the loser's done. They're, they've got no yeah. shot. And the Browns are done. If someone else wins, I can't remember who it is, which they'll know that going I, into the game. I, th- I think we both, based on our picks, are thinking that Baltimore and Cincinnati lose. So, yeah. It's well, that's, be yeah. A if, fascinating if, week. If Baltimore, so what the Browns actually, all the Browns need is for Baltimore and Cincinnati to lose this week and then to them to win and then win next weekend. They're the AFC North champions after everything we've seen this season, which is insane. So, to me, let me which ask is exactly why Baker's well, going to on... shit the bed and we're going to lose and it's over. Glad you, glad you brought up Baker. If they win this week and they win next week and they win the AFC North, does all the talk about moving on from so, Baker Mayfield end? I was going to bring this up anyways when we got to the Browns. I was waiting because I don't know if you guys saw the Alex Van Pelt gave an interview this morning. I think it was to Mary Kay Cavett or something. I guess they were doing like some of their media stuff for the, the stuff. He says that Baker has been held back because of the harness. That that is the actual issue with Baker right now, and he thinks we will see a much much better better Baker in twenty twenty two. Regardless, so that harness of- on his left shoulder is holding back his right. I mean, arm. I'm not a quarterback, so sometimes I sometimes those things can screw up your rhythm and Here's- your ability to play. And if he's in massive amounts of pain, that could be doing too. You know what uh- Bob Vila says: a good craftsman never blames his tools. But we haven't heard Baker blaming the harness. Yeah, Baker we have is, other people yeah. who have played the position saying, okay. regardless proxy. of what he says, his proxy is doing it. Well, I mean, Baker's never been afraid to to say anything, so I, I don't. He hasn't. His wife been, so certainly the one thing, isn't. Yeah. yeah, yeah, she really isn't. Uh, the one thing I'll say with Baker too. Um, so I pay attention to a lot of college stuff, obviously. Uh, and there is a a big quarterbacks coach in the high school college world. Quincy Avery was a former NFL quarterback as well. He did a little video that I watched on YouTube recently where he said the biggest thing with Baker is actually he gets a, it's his feet. He's reverted back to that guy we saw like back in year two. And that's what's been causing the issues where if he just said he went back and sh- what game was it? The, oh, it was just the Green Bay game. They went back. He went back and showed a lot of the stuff like he's not setting his feet right. And he's putting it like I can look at it from like a baseball point of view. You know, sometimes when you're trying to go the other way, when you're going and you're planting your foot, you kind of ankle it, ankle it, angle it toward where you're trying to put your bat and you put your bat down and, and you try and angle the ball where you want it to go. That is what Baker's not doing. He's just kind of quickly throwing off of his back foot, not setting himself, not setting his foot. And Quincy Avery saying that's where you see him throwing ball high, not throwing to where he's supposed to. Outside of that, though, if you watch the Green Bay game, there's a ton of throws where he's doing everything perfectly. And he, again, just from him, former quarterback, and I'm going to take his word for it, said that he thinks Baker is one of the best accurate passers in the game when everything is going right. And we've seen that from him. So I don't know what the issue is. Regardless whether they win the AFC North or not, I think he's their quarterback next year. I think they are 100% saying, you're you got to be all in on yourself in 2022. If you do it, we're going to have to overpay you now because you just proved yourself. If you don't, they're probably going a different direction. That would be my guess on what happens with Baker. Look, Kyle Juszczyk is the best running back in the NFL when everything goes right too. But shit doesn't go right on virtually uh, every single that. play. On virtually every single play. Uh, Baker's got Saturday night fever feet. He's dancing. You know, it just it is what it is. Yeah, everything I mean, we, goes right. That's... Sure, he's great, but it doesn't go right, and it's not going to go right. He's got to figure it out. 
and let's let him figure it out, you know, in Carolina. Yeah, I, well, no, I don't know about that, but that's the thing. I, I don't, I can't hate on him that much because we saw it last year, where he was a phenomenal quarterback. Now he wasn't the best for fantasy, and that maybe that's always been my thing is I've always said he's going to be like a top twelve fantasy quarterback. But he was one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL last year. Again, he had like 15, 16 touchdowns in the entire second half of the season and two interceptions. He was exactly what Quincy Avery said he was. He had a lot of great throws that won to Donovan Peoples in the end zone to beat Cincinnati. We saw it uh, in his, I think it was his first or his second year against Carolina with Jarvis Landry, where he put it in between two defenders in the end zone. Great catch. So Baker has the tools. I, I don't know if it's been, again, dudes playing with like eight injuries. I stub a toe and I, I debate texting guys, say I'm not going to make it in for a show. Like, I don't know. I, I can't judge a guy based on him dealing with all those injuries. I think he's going to be fine. We'll see what the Browns do with them. Matt, you're obviously playing Deontay Johnson and, and Najee Harris just based on the upside that they bring you. If Fryermuth is cleared, is he jumped up in there for you as well? And if not, who else are you playing? Yeah, so Fryermuth practiced in full yesterday. It looks like he's tracking to come back. But I am I'm not doing it. You know, he's tied in 13 on the year, which seems appealing, but he hasn't seen more than four targets in any game since week eleven. Uh, so he's not getting the volume of targets, passes, and yardage. You're basically hoping he gets a touchdown. I don't feel like that's a good enough gamble. Ben actually has not been practicing. So uh, how exciting would that Monday night game be if Mason Rudolph got to play against Miles Garrett again? Uh, I suspect Ben will probably play, but I'm, I'm not interested in him. And I'm not really interested in Chase Claypool either. He could have a huge play or he could give you nothing. They just don't have enough volume in their offense. Yeah, I I fully expect Ben's going to play. It's potentially his last home game. Uh, to, to, to not play would be something. I mean, I would think he'd have to be rolled out in a wheelchair to not play. Uh, and he plays kind of like he's been rolled out in a wheelchair. Uh, it's Johnson and Harris and nobody else. I'm playing Frymouth. I actually think he's going to be fine. I mean, that that game against Cleveland earlier in the year, he put up like 12 points. That was the start of his run of getting a ton of targets. I mean, it's 7, 6, 9, 7, 4, 4, 3, 4. And then obviously last week he didn't play. Matt, you mentioned it. You really are kind of banking on him, him getting a touchdown. But I think he can do that against Cleveland's defense. I mean, Cleveland's going to be working to try and stop Deontay and Claypool, and that's going to allow Frymuth to get open because those linebackers are really good. They've been good against the run this year, and bringing pressure, they've still kind of struggled against the tight end. Uh, so I think Frymuth can get a touchdown. At this point, he gets you touchdown in 20 yards. Hey, that that's a ends up likely being a tight end one week because that's close to nine nine points. So I'm I'm still willing to start him. A little bit worried, obviously, with him coming off the concussion. I think it's a second concussion this year as well. So that's definitely not good. Uh, but if he is cleared and playing, I am willing to play him because again, this game matters for both of these teams in a major way. That neither one of them has been eliminated. I have no doubt that even though Big Ben is saying he wants to retire, he would love to go out on top. So I think they're going to do everything they can to win this game. And I think Fryermuth is actually the matchup here for, for them against the Browns. I think you could have a good game. I am picking the Browns solely because I am a homer and I cannot pick against my team, but I don't feel great about it. I think that's crap. You've picked against the Browns numerous times. Only one time this year, actually. And I can tell you the team because I remember. 
It was the Los Angeles Chargers and my boy Justin Herbert, and that's the only reason I picked against him. Uh, I'm taking the Browns as well. I'm taking the Browns. Yeah, matter of fact, that cost me last year because I picked the Browns every single week, and I ended up losing in our in our pick em challenge by one game, and it was because even on the show I said, I'm pretty sure the Browns are going to lose this game, but I picked them anyways because you can't do it, man. You can't do it. One of these years, now they're going to go 17-0. and 0. And I'm gonna look like a G. Wait, right? Yeah, seventeen, right? I'm not yeah, eighteen weeks, seventeen games. Messing me up. They're gonna go seventeen and zero, and I'm gonna look like an absolute genius. All right, so that will do it for us today. Everybody, enjoy the new year. If you just like watching football, we've got a ton of great college football games on today and tomorrow, leading into Sunday, Monday. We'll be back again on Monday to recap everything and get you guys ready for if you do play in week 18 matchups uh games for that as well enjoy the new year happy new year to everybody thank you guys so much for making this a great year for us gentlemen if you have anything before we get out of here go buckeyes happy new year prepare for glory i don't know if you got your pop on there Touchdown. I would be honored if you played football for this team. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump in the